welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Brake and Cheddington Court Estate Limited. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 29. But, before we begin this week, I would like to take a moment to dedicate this episode to Jake Ogerman, who left a kind five-star review on iTunes. He said that it was fantastic content and that he enjoyed the bite-sized episodes. Thanks very much, Jake, and if you would like an episode dedicated to you, then do leave a five-star review on iTunes, as that is where I can best see your comments. Anyway, the case that we're looking at this week is all about bankruptcy and the standing that a bankrupt has to actually challenge the acts, omissions or decisions of a trustee of the bankrupt's estate. Our proceedings start in 2010, when a partnership was formed between Mr and Mrs Brake and Patley Wood Farm LLP, which is the name of an investment vehicle for a Mrs Bramer. The partnership carried out an accommodation and events business at West Axnella House until 2013. At that time, disputes broke out between the partners, and that was referred to arbitration. The arbitrator found in favour of Patleywood Farm, a costs order was made against the brakes, and the partnership was dissolved. Now, the property of the partnership included a cottage adjacent to the house, which was registered in the name of the Brakes and Mrs. Bramer. For the most part, the Brakes lived in the main house, but would occasionally make use of the cottage when the house was let out for some reason or another. The actual bankruptcy occurred in 2015, when the Brakes were declared bankrupt after failing to pay the costs of the arbitration, and so a trustee was appointed. In the meantime, receivers of the partnership property sold the farm to another company called Axnola Events Limited. The partnership itself went into administration in 2016, and then into liquidation the year after that. The legal dispute in this case arises because in 2017, Axnola Events Limited was acquired by Cheddington Court Estate, the appellants in this case. Cheddington gave the Brakes notice to quit the house in late 2018. As for the cottage, both the Brakes and the owner of Cheddington, uh, Dr Guy, or maybe Guy if he was Swiss, both expressed an interest in purchasing the property. As such, the liquidators invited bids from both parties. Ultimately, it was Dr Guy who submitted the higher bid, and that was accepted. However, the liquidators were not willing to apply to the court for an order to remove the brakes from the property. Instead, Dr Guy agreed with the trustee in bankruptcy, whereby the trustee would purchase the cottage from the liquidator using funds from Cheddington. After that, the trustee would then sell the cottage to Cheddington, and arrangements would be made to ensure that the company received clean legal title. The purchase was completed and locks were changed in the property in early 2019. The Brakes were not happy about this and they issued proceedings both in their personal capacity as bankrupts and as trustees of the Brake Trust. It was argued that the trustee in bankruptcy had wrongfully enabled Cheddington to interfere with their right to possession of the cottage. Cheddington responded by suggesting that the Brakes lacked standing under the relevant legislation, section 303 subsection 1 of the Insolvency Act 1986. 
The Court of Appeal held that while the Brakes did not have standing as trustees, they did have standing in their personal capacity as bankrupts, because they had a direct interest in the relief that was sought. Cheddington challenged that decision before the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. I think that before we start it is important to review the wording of section 303 subsection 1 of the Insolvency Act 1986, because that ought to give us significant clues as to standing. It reads, quote, If a bankrupt or any of his creditors or any other person is dissatisfied by any act, omission or decision of a trustee of the bankrupt's estate, he may apply to the court and on such an application the court may confirm, reverse or modify any act or decision of the trustee, may give him directions or may make such order as it thinks fit, end quote. The justices interpreted this as meaning that an applicant will have standing in three different situations. Firstly, creditors will have standing where their application relates to their interest as creditors. This is a pretty obvious one because a bankrupt's estate is managed for the benefit of creditors. Secondly, where there is a surplus after the creditors have been paid, then the bankrupt will have an interest in respect of that surplus. Thirdly, there is a limited class of cases where a person may have standing because their rights are directly affected by the powers conferred on the trustee of bankruptcy. Unfortunately for the breaks, the court held that the couple did not fall within any of these categories. In their personal capacity as bankrupts, they did not have sufficient interest because their rights to possession over the cottage were not actually connected to their position as bankrupts. In other words, when the trustee entered an arrangement with Cheddington, it was targeting the brakes as ordinary people and not in their capacity as bankrupts. The brakes had argued that this shouldn't really matter, and the only important thing is that the trustee had wrongfully interfered with the existing right of an applicant, no matter their exact legal status. This wrongful conduct was taken to mean unlawful in perhaps one of two ways, either conduct that would be actionable anyway, such as in tort, or if the rights of a complainant were interfered with by a trustee acting beyond their powers. The Supreme Court was not impressed with this argument. In the first situation, there was no basis for the legislation offering a complainant an alternative procedure. And in the second situation, it was held to be contrary to principle for a person who is not owed a duty to be able to seek relief in respect of a breach of that duty. Furthermore, the following section of the Insolvency Act, Section 304, makes it clear that there is not a legislative intent to grant third parties relief against bankruptcy proceedings. Finally, the justices noted that they were aware that this might mean that there is not a cause of action where a trustee had breached their duty, but they took the opportunity to note that there are professional regulatory bodies for trustees. As such, the appeal was allowed and the brakes lost the case. The proceedings attracted some headlines over the years for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, the estate was used as a wedding venue and attracted some high-profile couples. It was actually where the actor Sean Bean got married. Secondly, you may remember that I mentioned the other party to this case was a Dr Guy. 
Well, he is commonly known as Dr. Pot because his pharmaceutical company is most commonly known for producing cannabis and using it to treat multiple sclerosis. All of that aside, I think that this is probably the correct legal decision. On the one hand, it does not seem quite fair that if a person is threatened with homelessness, then there isn't a way to challenge that decision because their possessory right is not closely connected to bankruptcy. However, the courts have to also ensure the smooth running of commerce in this country, and that includes the context of bankruptcy. Opening up the guardrails might protect from injustices, but it would also open up a whole host of claims and make it much more difficult for trustees in bankruptcy to actually do their job. That is not what the legislation intends. These trustees are professionals and are regulated in the same way that any other set of professionals are. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. And as I mentioned at the start, if you would like to support the podcast, then one of the best ways to do that is by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or any other platform. It helps other people to discover this resource, and I will read out your review if it is on iTunes where I can see them. Another way to support the podcast is via the newsletter, and you can access that via uklawweekly.substack.com. There is a link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!